Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. Case in point, we have part two of three of what is slowly becoming one of the best Marvel properties to date. Uh, <laughs> I am pretty... Every week, I sit down at, at Friday morning, and I just, you know, what's what's this episode going to be like today? Uh, and I am blown away more and more each time. And I really, like, and we've tried to not talk to each other about the aforementioned show that right. I will mention soon. I, I guess aforementioned doesn't work. And we should mention just I, that we've just finished watching episode five. Yes. As we so, stated we were going to, that is exactly yes. what has come to pass. <laughs> so if you are listening to our previous episode and then immediately following it with this one, you don't really need to pay attention to anything we're saying right now. <laughs> this is a very natural sequence for you. Mm-hmm. We are, of course, talking about WandaVision, the first Disney Plus Marvel Netflix show. Uh, and it's definitely crept its way into my heart. Uh, but that's no surprise. I think the bigger surprise is how much Jordan must love it. Well, and again, it wouldn't be a surprise if you listen to set phasers for phase four. That's true. And then if you listen to any subsequent, <laughs> but pre WandaVision show, my expectations were higher for that than probably any other thing that Marvel's done. But that's why, you know, some people might think that it not, might not live up in your eyes. But yeah. I think, and again, we haven't really talked about it the past three weeks. We've been trying to, I, it's just been me texting you, I love this show. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Which yeah. is a textbook uh, Jordan thing. But well, I'm so I, excited. I was also to trying you. to save it for the podcast. I don't want to give too no, many. No, no, you did the right things. You for sure did the right thing. Uh, but we have a lot to unpack. But uh, before we get into it, uh, how are you? Oh, I'm well. <laughs> Back in <laughs> That's school, great. everything's uh, gearing up again. Which is, Here. you know, fine. Just fine. Yeah. But so, how have you been? I've been good. I've been, uh, my new work schedule is uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, three 12 hour days. Wow. And then I have, yes. And then I have uh, four days off in a row. So great for this podcast. Yeah. There's never been a better time to work on more material. I can't decide whether that schedule is great or terrible. Yeah, I'm also like slowly trying to <laughs> to figure that out. It's a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say like I mean, and it's only for like the first six months. Like this is the kind of trial by fire mm-hmm. uh, thing that they give all the new newcomers just to see because if you can hack this shift, like you can you can swing it with the rest. Right. I will I will say having four days off in a row is pretty fantastic. Right. Yeah. Well, no, that's like, the, that's definitely the good part. The and <laughs> three 12 hour days in a row is the part I thought might be bad. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, Saturdays and Sundays are rough. I will say there's another advantage to doing it during COVID times. Whereas my social life might've been mm-hmm. robbed a bit more, uh, if there was actually a lot of stuff happening on the weekends, Yeah, but there is not. So yeah, for the next few months, I will just be doing this schedule and i yeah like every monday i'm like very exhausted and then tuesday like i don't know i've worked in an industry that i've worked on the weekends pretty much in every job i've ever had Mm -hmm. uh so that's not really new to me the thing that i do like about this is i would get burned out at my other jobs just because i would have like a six day stretch and then like one day off Mm -hmm. and then i'd have to work like another three days and then i'd have two days off but like 
one day off is not enough to recover. No, from. one day off is like nothing. Because you're yeah, you it, you go to bed like that day knowing that you're getting up for work tomorrow. Yes. You only have one night where you don't have to do that. I feel like you gotta have at least two nights before Even, your brain starts gearing up for the next thing. Yeah, I think two minimum for sure. Uh I think three also. And again, this is my third week doing this, so I'm gonna I'll get into more of a routine. This was actually the first time I got four days off because there was a lot of training on the weekdays. And then in addition to my Saturday through Monday work. Um, but I really like the job. That's a, that's a plus. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just moving around like a lot. Uh, the kids kind of just don't stay in one place. So we're, we, that you is know, the thing play. about kids. They're like yeah. particles. They are. <laughs> They're they all are over the place. Constantly moving, much like in this show. Yeah. Constantly growing up right before your eyes. Uh, but, I mean, we play disc golf. We play Rocket League. Like, Ooh. you know, it's... Are you it's, any good yeah, at Rocket League? I... Not as good as these kids. Yeah. They really put me in my place. Um, and also, my former roommate slash fan of the podcast, uh, Paulo... Uh, he was like yeah. an insanely high rank, like when he was into it, mm-hmm. like when he peaked in Rocket League. So he, like, he could spend the entire game in the air, right? Which I yes. never un- <laughs> understood. Now I played quite a bit possible. of Rocket League, but I also was never that level of. I do. Yes, I do remember you coming. You you showed me Rocket League in 2016. You were staying uh, at my apartment in Harrisonburg, and you yeah. were just playing it on your laptop. Which, I don't know if a laptop is also the best way to play Rocket League. Ah, it was fine. But it's a very high yeah. skill cap game for what is just basically remote Soccer control. cars. Yeah, soccer cars. <laughs> with rockets on them. Yeah. Um, and also my cousin, who's a freshman at JMU, he came to visit. And we just played Rocket League. Uh, and he's just like using all this terminology and vernacular that mm-hmm. I totally don't understand what he's saying. Uh, and he was also very good at it. And my current roommate, uh, David, is also a very good Rocket League player. Yeah, I played um, with him in 2016. That's that. <laughs> we're yes, not here I was to talk about who too. played Rocket League four years ago, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about 2021. How's how are your New Year's resolutions coming? Uh, did I make any? Not really. I'm trying okay. to think if I so had good. any that I did. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to exercise more, but that's not really a New Year's thing. Do you want to hear my routine? Yeah, what do you do? Exercise routine. I have. Well, it started. Pump iron. I had like a. I had what? Pump iron? No, I don't pump iron. (laughs) I. uh, (laughs) uh, It started with um, like I had a gym membership through my previous job, uh, and I would go there regularly. And then COVID shut the gym down, Uh, so I reached out to uh, also a friend of the show, Joseph Bunn, Mm -hmm. my childhood friend. Uh, who is like a physical trainer and he gave me some workout routines I could do in the comfort of my own home. So during the quarantine, while I was still being paid uh, for my previous job to just basically sit at home Mm -hmm. um, because I was an event planner for events that weren't happening, (laughs) um, I would run four miles uh, and then I'd come back and do this routine for about 45 minutes and and then I do two days on and one day off. Mm. And the running stopped as soon as I got another job. Yeah, no, running, like, I've never I've never been a runner. I think it's really just, it kind of centers you. I mean, it was, getting to four miles was very exhausting because I'm not a very good runner. I used yeah. to be in high school and See, like early I've college. I've never been a good distance runner. 
Like I, I was yeah. really good at like little sprinty things. Like I I can go pretty fast for a short amount of time. <laughs> but like past a mile, like nothing. Like I I I've never I've I don't think I've ever really ran longer than a mile in a stretch. Oh, in my whole interesting. life. And didn't you like? Weren't you forced to in high school like to no timed your mile? So for some reason I don't know how it is. I never d- did a mile after maybe ninth grade. I don't know if I just okay. like avoided it. Like I didn't show up to school on those days, but somehow <laughs> like I have no memory of doing any sort of mile run past really actually middle school and high school. I remember sh- ever running a mile. Are you sure you never like ran the mile and then fell and got amnesia? Like from <laughs> four times in a row <laughs> annually. <laughs> I think it, <laughs> it possibly, I don't or, or so. just the last time you got amnesia from all the subsequent times you ran. Mm. The nature of the fall. Being during a run also erased yeah. any other time I was running. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Which it sounds like uh, we're there. You have amnesia. I have amnesia so, and I'm never going to okay. run again. It's also so future amnesia. Well, and the other good thing <laughs> of about the concept running is of just, running itself. <laughs> the other good thing about running is just you can kind of listen to music and, mm. you know, I got my pump up mix. I don't, yours would probably be like, Blur mm-hmm. and uh, parts of the White Album. <laughs> what I'm trying to think, like, what would your like? Because you don't really have you like Iron Maiden as like yeah. ironically. Not ironically. <laughs> I enjoy. Not Iron, ironically. Well, I mean, I like them because I like metal music that is very Halloweeny. Like yeah, it's talking about monsters and ghouls. <laughs> yeah. I like ghoul-based rock. <laughs> and that is in that uh, vein. I also like the Are band you... Ghost. I love the band Ghost. But they're more like the Deftones, aren't they? They're like more like kind of mellow metal. I, no, I, I mean, I've not, never listened to Ghost, them, I don't think. None of them are like growly, screamo type metal. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, is that, why you, is that why you don't like Slipknot? Because I feel like Slipknot embodies Halloween. Yeah, but I don't they like do have growling. a pretty intense. I don't. Uh, I don't get growling. It, it's like because I guess it's like kind of percussive, and there's. Uh-huh. I, I don't deny that it has musical like value for the genre that it's in, but it's just uh-huh. like unpleasant to listen to for me. Like, <laughs> like you could play a blender in a rhythmic way, and you could like incorporate <laughs> that to a, a song, and that would be. Uh-huh. An interesting exercise, but also I wouldn't want to listen to it because it's just <laughs> abrasive to my ears. What about John Lennon screaming in the end of Twist and Shout? Mm, see, like it's it's a it's a matter of um, degree. So some amount of yelling and harshness evoking, like when vocals break, is cool. But when it's all vocals breaking, then it's like no, there's no like because the cool too much of a good thing. The cool part of it is when it breaks out of what has been established so far. Like it's like, oh, here's a moment where it just like he loses control because it's like such a big, powerful point in the song. Okay. Voices versus the entire time is that moment where you break. Yeah, because then it's just your level. Imagine again. that the whole song is so intense that he's breaking out of a melody. Yeah. So, but we now have screaming about we it. We now have a flat line again. It's just a higher <laughs> flat line. So you're saying it's too much of a good thing. It's too much of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept that argument. But, I mean, Iron Maiden is, I wouldn't, I guess they sing a little, but it's also, he's screaming for sure. Well, it's, I mean, he's like yelling. Like screaming, I, I tend to think is like like a, like a growling or like a, like your vocals starting to fry and not really good. I mean, he's hitting notes the whole time. 
Like it's like yeah. a soaring. I mean, he has a pretty clear voice. Sure. Bruce. So you just want to be under, you'd be able to understand the metal lyrics. Well, I don't care about the lyrics. I mean, the lyrics are nonsense most of the time. I just want like a big voice that's like stadium filling. Like that guy's voice is kind of like Roger Daltrey or something like that from The Who. It's just like a okay. big voice. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't scream a lot, do they? Uh, I mean, like my generation or whatever, he's yelling and stuff. Uh, I guess. Or like I think live at Leeds, anywhere on that, he's got some really like yelling. I think he's type definitely stuff. stuttering a lot more in my generation than he is yelling. Yeah, I don't know. They, what is the what is the reason for that? Why well, does he also wait a second? Song? He does have a notoriously long <laughs> yell. I would say again, more than a scream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Whatever the and the, won't get fooled again. Yeah, that's a great one. I love that. I love that moment. But that's part, also part of rock band. Like that was the big moment. And whenever you played that song, because oh, yeah. it's ten minutes, so you knew what you were getting into. See, and, and that's like that's like, exactly it. It's like this song takes. Like it's doing all this other stuff that isn't yelling or screaming or whatever, and then you get to the climax of the song, and it's one huge, just like, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where where, where like does that idiots. song? Where, <laughs> I mean, I sound smart because I like Slipknot, but you sound <laughs> like you only like metal with ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Ghost is really like a. Um, I mean, it has Ghost in the title. Well, it's very satanic. It's all about how mm. like worshiping Satan and stuff. You do love Satan, it, it, but it that also does have like um, I know about you. It has like these funny pop elements. Like, uh, here's a song for you to look up. Write this down okay. and text me about it okay. later. Mary okay. on a cross. Uh, I think that song's uh, really cool. Mary on a cross. Yeah. Uh, Very blasphemous. Uh, I. But the, okay, the chorus is super down. super catchy. I have written it down. It will be for sure uh, listened to. Yeah, and that one's not and a very metal song. Like, if you listen to that, I mean, the things that really make it metal are just, like, the production. Like, the, the way the drums sound sound like metal drums. But, like, melodically, it's, you know, like a pop song, really. Okay. Just with heavier So that's why you like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they definitely have true metal stuff. Like, they have, like, much heavier songs. But they... They also venture into this territory, which is not really metal at all. Like, like Kiss or something, they look mm. metal, but like their songs, like they don't sound that Beth, metal. I hear you calling. <laughs> Dang, that's heavy. <laughs> God, that's so heavy. Uh, that, I mean, Kiss. Although at the time, like Kiss was, you know, heavy metal. That was pretty big for the time. I, like, I, but even then, I think you had heavier acts. Kiss just had the appearance of the heavier acts without, I mean, like they were never. I mean, like, I never thought that about Kiss just because one of them was wearing cat face paint. Yeah. <laughs> like just because they're dressed like the road warrior. Like I, I never really interpreted that I'm, as metal. Yeah. And like, and if you drew a line of like stuff, that's definitely not like if you drew a line at Helter Skelter, Kiss has a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that is less heavy than Helter Skelter. So what is your stance on Helter Skelter? As a good song? Or, is it, or that it's metal. I, that it's as it's metal because I mean mm. we're we're branching we're slowly branching into Slipknot territory with each with <laughs> each of these classic rock songs. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely like a heavy rock metal distinction that gets kind of fuzzy early on. Like Led Zeppelin mm. or something is also very heavy, and they have like these kind of mythic themes they do, which you could say is metal, but really most people I think would consider it like hard rock. Yeah. Um. Well, comparatively. Yeah. But 
Uh, uh, so what is where? I think to answer the question everyone wants to know is where does "Won't Get Fooled Again" stack up in your entire Who top songs? Uh, I would say it's probably top ten ish. Not okay. not very high in the top ten, but like I don't know. What's there's, number there's one? There's a lot of great Who songs. What's number one with a bullet? Uh, oh, so tough. I think I probably and this is this is the trite answer, really. It's maybe their most played radio song, but Baba O'Reilly. That song's great. Mm, it's it's yeah. huge. It's got the synthesizers in it, which is really early. The riff is is almost mind-numbingly simple, but so satisfying. Like it's it just sounds huge. That's um, true. It is a very. I think they used it in uh the Mark Wahlberg. Uh, uh, football movie where he plays for the Eagles. Invincible. Yeah, I think that was like that's the first time I heard that song in the Invincible trailer. Huh. If that's, that's the movie I'm thinking of, yeah. I'm like, this one's pretty good. That and also, like, I have a weird relationship in the Who or of the Who where I almost like I never listened to them, like sought them out, but they were always around me. Like I was really yeah. into the Pearl Jam cover, "Love Rain Over Me," mm-hmm. and I thought that was a Pearl Jam song for like years. Nope. And then, yeah, it was apparently a Who song. That's kind of um, how I feel be- about, um, oh, wow, my brain just immediately failed as soon as I went to go. Behind Blue Eyes, I listened thing. to the Limp Biscuit version. I didn't know that was a Who song. I thought it was a Limp Biscuit song. Ouch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then my generation, uh, I probably knew my generation. I don't know where I would have heard it, but. That seems like one that's hard to avoid. I was gonna say Tom Petty and CCR also feel like bands okay. that, like, even if you're not seeking them out, somehow you know a lot more of their songs than you expect to. That is true, what? especially CCR. Yeah, I mean Tom Petty, I kind of sought out as a well, child. But like, even if you don't seek him out, you'll, you'll be like, oh yeah, I guess I know a Tom Petty song, and then you'll look up his discography and you'll be like, oh, I know a lot of these songs actually. I know like Refugee and American Girl and uh, yeah. And the rest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All, so many of them. Learning to fly. Um, He's got a lot of hits. He does. Wildflowers, or Wildflower. No, I think it's Wildflowers. Don't Come Around Here No More. Last Dance with Mary Jane. Uh, 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 don't Have to Live Like a Refugee. You already said Refugee, though. Don't uh, Do Me Like That. That's one. Also, what's the one with the, don't, let's get to the point. You don't know how it feels to be Bro, me. That you one. don't know how it feels. Yeah, so that's like yeah. 10 right off the top that are FM radio staples. And you, I mean, are, where does Tom Petty stack up against your love of The Who and Ghost and Iron Maiden? <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, it's such a weird list to put him on. I guess he's at the bottom of that list, maybe. You like no, Ghost more than Tom Petty. I guess I probably like, no wait, he's not at the bottom. He's below The Who. Uh, okay. Probably above Ghost and Iron Maiden. So he's number two. You went from four to two. That's a pretty big <laughs> I did. jump. Well, because the way you ordered the list, I had the Who at the bottom just because you you did like three, two, one, and I was like, wait, that's not my order. I don't know, this episode is all over the place right now. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the Who's, Who's Super Bowl performance? It was very disappointing. I was so excited because. <laughs> Like, I'd been a Who fan for a couple of years at that point. Like, okay. a lot of, yeah. you know, my friends knew that I was a Who fan. 
It was announced uh-huh. that the Who was going to do the Super Bowl, and I was like, oh, yeah, my boys. <laughs> They're going to be out there. Everyone in America is going to love it. <laughs> They're going to be that was, was that 10th grade? I think that was 10th grade. Uh, I was thinking 11th, but I don't know. Um, I think... Uh, hmm. Was but it? it was... I Basically, that was... So after Justin Timberlake showed everyone what's her name's boob they yeah. they started doing old acts for like yes. a decade very wholesome and then the who was so boring like and everyone Prince. hated it they were like no we got to go back to pop i don't care if another boob pops out <laughs> boob sell old men in diapers do not yeah they were yeah they were pretty isn't that old. so funny america is such a an interesting place where a lady like shows her boob on TV accidentally and the country like has a meltdown for a little bit. Like, how could we let this happen? Oh no, the children. Won't somebody please think of the children? (laughs) What if kids saw Uh, a boob? Oh my God. (laughs) Where would a kid ever be exposed to a boob before? Nowhere in my America. Uh, I'm looking up because Paul McCartney played when we were in sixth grade and that was fantastic because that was also in the height of my Beatles mm. uh, fan. So that was 2005. Uh, he did Drive My Car, Get Back, Live and Let Die and ended with Hey Jude. What a phenomenal set list. Yeah, can't beat that really. Doesn't get better than that. And then the Rolling Stones followed the year after and they were very old. Uh, and I feel like Mick Jagger needed an oxygen tank. Mm. I mean, he's got hustle in him, but he's old, so. <laughs> uh, they did Start Me Up, Rough Justice, which I don't know, yeah. and I can't get no satisfaction. Were they trying to promote like a song off their new album with that middle oh, one? That would be so upsetting. Uh, from their 2005 album, yeah. A Bigger Bang. Oh, that, don't do that, Mick. That's so selfish. Yeah, and just like, you think that's why they hired you? But like, oh, they got us because we're the Rolling Stones and everyone loves our new 2005 album. <laughs> That's what the Rolling Stones are oh. known for. Oh, geez. You're better than that, Mick. Um, 2007. Even if they did a 90s song, it would have been too new. It'd be like, get out of here. We don't care about your 90s stuff. <laughs> when do you think the last good Who record was or Who hit? Uh, in the 80s. Sorry, not Who. I meant Rolling Stones, but that is a good question since we are talking a lot about the Who. Yeah, the 80s. Uh, uh, Rain Over Me is, maybe that's 70, late 70s. Uh, but they have a couple songs in the 80s that are good. And a couple bad ones. Um, <laughs> but like, You Better You Bet, that's from the 80s. That's okay. probably their last great that's... song. When did Eminence Front come out? That's in the 80s too, but I don't consider okay. that a great song. <laughs> You don't consider that their best song? No, I don't even. I don't consider that a good song, really. I haven't listened to it in a while. I, I might have changed my opinion on it. That is actually funny that you mentioned that <laughs> because uh, there is a. I'm, I'm working on the final final drafts of my edits of my book yeah. that I'm releasing next year, and there's a segment where you, me, and a other friend uh, get into a discussion about what our favorite Who songs are, <laughs> and. I remember you saying Eminence Front, and I don't know why. As my favorite? But, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I hate Eminence Front. I, I know. Well, I'm glad you told me now. That was about to be published for eternity. Oh, my goodness. That I would have been be on the record. In stone. <laughs> yeah, that would have been permanent. Uh, but my favorite hasn't changed. It is a quick one while he's Oh, yeah. No, that is a really good one. 
That is my favorite. Oh, man. I'm, not, I'm trying um, to really dial in on what my favorite Who song is. Well, I mean, if you don't pick up one by the end of this episode, it's going to be Eminence Front from now on. My favorite album is the Who Sell Out, but I don't think that's necessarily because any one track on that album is my favorite. It's just like as a whole, like it, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it has all these fake ads worked in between the songs, which is really cool. Uh, oh, kind of like WandaVision. Yeah, it's very much like a WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> the WandaVision of albums. Okay, 1967. Let's see what songs are on this. Uh, I can see for miles. Yeah, that that's a classic. But I, I, it's not really my favorite. I really like the song Tattoo. Um, yeah. Odorono is that interesting. on their live album. Uh, I don't know if it'd be my favorite. Armenia City in the Sky. So it's mm. a weird song, but it's a good song. Uh, I yeah Rael, I, I don't know any. You of would these. probably like Rael it's... the most because that's like even I don't know where I guess Quick One Wild's Way might have been the year before, but it's like a little mini opera thing in the in the exact same manner. Okay, I do love the mini opera, and I got into that because Green Day does that a lot, and they attribute their like rock opera style to the Who, which yeah. got me to retroactively go back and listen to some Who songs. And that is where I found A Quick One While He's Away, and I absolutely adore that song. And it's so hard to pick um, a favorite Who song. It's Eminence Front, we know. We can move <laughs> on. Um, oh, Prince played in 2007. He was great. He played yeah, he did Purple Rain seven in the rain. songs. He did Purple Rain in the Rain and All Along the Watchtower. Well, that's cool. And We Will Rock You, Let's Go Crazy. Yeah, he had a lot. Wow. What a... What a what a show. Yeah, he's a, he's such Pepsi. an interesting character, Prince. Like, as a figure in yeah. rock music, he's kind of singular. I don't think of a lot of other people that are like, oh, yeah, he's kind of like what Prince does. Yeah, he does that. It's like, no, that's just yeah. Prince who does that. Yeah. He has a monopoly on being Prince, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Tom Petty was the following year. Yeah, I remember he was him being on. American Girl, I Won't Back Down, Free Fall, and Running Down a Dream. That's a great Tom Petty set list. Ooh, That's... okay. My favorite Who song, uh, and this is a weird one, kind of, is Pictures of Lily. I love the song Pictures of Lily. What album is that on? I have no idea if it's even on an album. It might just be a standalone single. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of that. That's for certain. Uh, but it looks it, like it was you're on like it, it was on their uh, greatest hits that I had. I can't believe I picked you as an Eminence Front fan for this long. I've just I've, that's for some it's reason it's been my been defining my characteristic. It's like <laughs> it has been of your Who fandom. If you're like, wait, what's what's Jordan like again? Oh, well, he loves Eminence Front, so I can extrapolate <laughs> the rest of his personality based on that. <laughs> yeah, that is that is so. I don't know where that came from. I was very certain that that was your favorite song for some reason. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the only way I would have been talking about it is in the context of me not liking it. Like, that's the only song on that album I don't like. <laughs> Maybe you just spoke passionately about how much you hated it. I, I mistook your passion yeah. for passion. Yeah, you came in, like, right after I said, what I don't believe is Eminence Front is the greatest song in the world, and I'll always believe that. <laughs> I mean, that is, oddly enough, exactly how it's written out in the book. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm glad we talked about this. Glad we discussed this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also do reveal, you know, your alter ego um, superhero. But, I mean, it's been 
we've been talking about releasing that information to the public for a while. <laughs> uh, that you're a closet vigilante. Of course. Uh, uh, do you want to talk about this this WandaVision? I do, but now I'm kind of focused on Super Bowl halftime shows, so I want to kind of go through those first. Okay, not, then... give me three more and then we'll go. <laughs> okay. Bruce Springsteen played the year after. That was 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Born to Run, Working on a Dream, which I think is a newer song. That's 2008. Yeah, Bruce, we don't want to hear your new content. Get out of here. I uh, I feel like I'm going to have a Bruce Springsteen face at some point. I really like his first album. That's the only one I've listened to like multiple oh, times. Greetings from Ashbury yeah, Park. I really like that album. Yeah. It's got a, it's a, That's great. The debut album for artists is always like for most of the time, I'd say it's like one of their best statements just because it's like they have all this built yeah. up stuff. And it's also, yes. they have some sort of niche that has made them interesting enough to get picked up most of the time. Yep. Most of the time. And then the second album is, oh, you had 10 years to make the first one. Yeah. Now you have six months to make the second one. Make it as good. Yeah. And occasionally, occasionally they just do. And it's, you know, out they of nowhere. They do deliver. Like The Killers, for example. Or uh, Pinkerton they, with Weezer. Oh, yeah. Weezer. Weezer delivers in a big way. Pinkerton's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I will say you should listen to Bruce Springsteen's most recent album. It came out this past fall. Mm. It's like a whole bunch of old written songs, like from his prime. And he just now got to recording them. And it sounds like a classic Springsteen album. Interesting. Would recommend. Um, And there's a song called Ghosts that is really good. fitting the theme of, you know, what you're passionate about. (laughs) Uh, And then The Who... Uh, the thing that started this whole conversation, they were on, they played Pinball Wizard, Baba O'Reilly, Who Are You, See Me, Feel Me, which I do that, not That's part know. of the uh, Tommy, uh, oh, it's okay. the little connector piece of Tommy. Ah, okay. And then Won't Get Fooled Again. And they obviously did not play all of these songs. No, I think that was also one of my problems with it, is they put too many songs in there, and the medley was, like, it jumped from song to song too quickly. Like, a lot of, like, Paul McCartney, he had, what, four songs and the who have like six songs yeah, four there. and he played the only one he cut down i think was hey jude yeah because the rest are relatively short they do that a lot even now on the super bowl it's a lot of medley yeah i and, really hate that that really frustrates well and it's me. funny too because we are both admittedly fans of like rock operas and like mini rock operas but those are designed <laughs> to be like that when you take these songs that yeah. aren't designed for it and you force them into that format it's just frustrating yes exactly um yeah, the I did uh, a couple years ago, or maybe a year ago, they have, I didn't realize this until recently, but they have the entire Who Super Bowl performance as a single rock band song, a playable song. Weird. And <laughs> I, I bought it uh, just because I was like, Jordan's going to visit one day, he's probably going to want to play this. I'll play it, yeah. <laughs> he probably wants to sing their Super Bowl performance and do it right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So what's what? Who do you who do you got in this Super Bowl? What? Oh, I have no idea who the two teams are. Even I think the Chiefs are maybe it's one the of the Chiefs them? and the Buccaneers. Okay, the Chiefs again. Oh, and Brady uh, and and Brady. Wow, <laughs> at it again. I did not realize he made it all the way to the Super Bowl. What a what he a sure force! Did. He 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 snuck in there. Huh. Um. Yeah, and the weekend is the headline. I like the weekend. Is... Blinding. Lights, whatever that song is. That song's a bop. A certified yeah. bop. When he performed yeah. it on SNL, I was very impressed. Yeah, just uh, not a fan particularly. Even of that song? That song's so catchy. 
Like, because that's yeah, that song is, is. is very throwback. Like, it feels like an 80s song or something. It's... Okay, so it, this is crazy that we were complaining about, like, five songs being mashed up. I totally forgot about this. <clears throat> but since, like, 2013, it has been a minimum of, like, eight songs mashed up yeah. together in a 20-minute period. Very frustrating. Which I guess fits, because a lot of them recently have been pop stars. And mm-hmm. you, the only part you want to hear of each of those songs is a verse chorus. Right. You don't really need to hear more than that. Yeah. Like, Katy Perry had, like, ten songs. Yeah. That's... So many. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something had a lot. to say about like the impressiveness of the spectacle that these pop stars normally pull off. Like, it's not just a band playing; it's got like you know some crazy gimmick of you know set stuff and costumes and dancing and all that. But most of the time, I I st- like when the halftime show ends, I'm just like, well, that was an ordeal like that was a whole big thing that i had to sit through like it's yeah. so much sensory information i'm like just chill just play like a music thing like a musician would. <laughs> kids really love their dopamine these days i just wish they like they they started like that like i remember bruno mars everyone loved his performance because it was a little bit more like just like a band playing and it still had a lot yeah. of parts beyond that but it wasn't just like super crazy spectacle the whole time like when lady gaga what did she didn't she like repel from this like the top of a dome or something probably that sounds like her style yeah which that was pretty cool i was into that but (laughs) i loved uh katy perry rode out on that huge like lion Mm. thing lion vehicle yeah you remember that that was fun. And then everybody posted on Twitter the Family Guy gif of Peter riding the lion. I don't remember that. I just remember the shark. Oh. The shark I remember being a big deal. Oh, yes. Left shark. Yes. Or right shark. Or it was a shark in shark. a direction, but I do not know which yeah. direction he was. Yeah, that went viral. Isn't it crazy just how easy it is to become famous for two days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is. Uh, so you, you want the Chiefs to win is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. I don't want, like, Florida okay. to have a good thing happen to them. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's not discriminate against our fans in Florida. Yeah, I don't really care about All... Kansas either. Like, uh. Isn't Kansas City in Missouri? Wow. I guess it's right on the border, <laughs> isn't it? So, like, there's part of Kansas City in Kansas and part of it in... There's a, is a, I'm thinking of a different city that's split on a border. Uh, let's see... Yeah, Kansas City, Missouri. That's actually uh, funny. Also, speaking of, uh, yeah, it is right on the border of Missouri and Kansas. So that's pretty dumb, huh? The the most <laughs> the biggest part of Kansas City is not in Kansas, but is still adjacent there's, to Kansas. Very confusing. There's a there's a really great line in a thousand ways to die in the West or a million ways to die in the West. The Seth MacFarlane movie that he did after Ted. Okay. Um, very underappreciated movie. If you're a Seth Mark MacFarlane fan, it, critically, it did not do well. Um, but he's just like living out in the West and he's talking to this girl about, she's like, when are you going to Kansas or Kansas city in Kansas? She's like, Oh, actually Kansas city is in Missouri. It's like, that's fucking confusing and unnecessary. (laughs) That's like, it's like clearly they, it's like when they named the city, they didn't know where the line was going and they put down the line and they went, Oh no, no. I think that is exactly what happened. That's pretty accurate. Ah, jeez, Louise, oh. <laughs> fellas! I can't believe we can't move this mu- this this line like a mile or so. Yeah. I mean, it looks very much on the edge. Yeah. 
It's very close. Uh, so, do you want to talk about um, a little uh, Bruce Springsteen classics? <laughs> it's time for WandaVision, Kate. <laughs> yeah. WandaVision, let's do it. Let's get into it. Um, I actually realized before I got on this chat that I, like have a vague recollection of the first of these three episodes. So episode three, I remember the least, obviously. I guess this makes mm-hmm. sense uh, because it happened the longest ago, three weeks ago, or two weeks, two weeks ago. Yes. Um, and episode four, I remember quite vividly because it was very, very interesting and revelatory. Um, and then episode five was a nice mixture of the sitcom, mm-hmm. what's going on inside the bubble and what's going on outside the bubble. But uh, I think we should continue what we've been doing and just break them down episode by episode and kind of talk about Yeah, so three is Um, the episode where she's pregnant. And the baby is coming, and then the baby's coming. She's slowly getting more and more pregnant as the episode goes. What what show are they parodying? Uh, It's kind of the Brady Bunch. Uh, I mean, okay. it's. It, I was waiting for like a Brady Bunch they're, theme. They're, but that never. Well, really no, happened. but they do do a theme, and it had like three little things on one side, and then one in the middle, which was like a direct parody to the layout of how the Brady Bunch thing did, because it would have like the father and the three kids, and then it would have the mother and the three kids on one side, and it did do something to parallel that, except for they didn't have them in squares; they had them in like pentagons. Oh, they had them in hexagons because of yes, the hex because of the hex, um, which I didn't realize at the time, but that must be what it was. Um, I also did not piece that together until. But I've now. also noticed that like they're definitely not doing single sitcom parodies. They're doing the feel of a thing. It's a mashup. That was a, yeah. especially evident in the episode from today, the fifth episode. It's yes. like that that theme wasn't any particular theme, but it was a lot of themes incorporated yeah. into definitely. it. Like there's definitely, definitely the full house when they're running, like in a park or something. But then the pictures thing felt like it was like Wonder Years or something. Like, I don't even know which the pictures yeah, one was. Yeah, I thought it was Wonder Years. Yeah. So uh, That's what I would have attributed it to. Um, but episode three was, I'm trying to even remember, how did episode three end? I'm gonna so that one was, the, it ended with, description. Uh, she gave birth, they're the twins. And that's the one where they. Oh, she, and then she pushed out Monica right, Rambo. She, she mentions her Pietroff. Um, yes. And she's like, wait, how do you know about Ultron? It's like, you're not supposed to be here. And then she, you just see her pop out. So you don't even see how she pops out. You just see her get um, eradicated from the bubble. So, oh, and Vision goes to Dr. Nielsen, who's trying to go on vacation yeah. while his while she is uh, giving birth. Yeah, so she and I Rambo also, helps her give birth. Uh, I did not piece this together until later, but... Um, when she is giving birth, uh, uh, Monica Rambeau, who goes by Geraldine in Wanda's right, right. universe, um, she is quoting or like paraphrasing almost exactly what Wanda says to Vision when Vision is being obliterated in the end of Infinity War. Interesting. What line is that? Like, do you have yes. it? Yeah, I can pull it up. Because um, I did not notice that either. Uh, I need to find. Um, though she gave birth. Um, I love the. Uh, I'll just talk while you're pulling this up. Yeah, please, please, um, please. <laughs> there's this this sequence with the neighbors outside where the guy is just sawing into the concrete wall. Yeah, I love this yep. this kind of um, 
Truman Show reality breakdown thing, like where it's almost like like uh, David Lynch or something, like this weird, yeah. like who knows what, it's, it's who thinks Lynchian. what is happening, and like and especially the best friend neighbor, um, the most common, mm-hmm. like the one whose husband is Ralph. I can't Agnes. Agnes yes, Agnes. she seems to be hyper aware of maintaining the status quo in a way that a lot of the other characters <clears throat> don't seem to be. So it's like, well, what is her? She's she's the only one that wasn't a member of Westview before Wanda showed up. Because uh, in episode four, they have the pictures of all the people yeah. who have been in the episodes, and they don't identify her. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't pick up on that. <clears throat> yeah, so you're kind of thinking, like, is she some sort of manipulative villain uh, mm. kind of just playing along in this scenario or she but she's she's definitely gives the impression at least and this could be a a thing they're doing to throw it it off her trail yeah but she's giving the impression that she's afraid of wanda sure sure yeah like in the behavior from the episode five and even back then in three in that same sequence i'm talking about where he's sawing through the wall she's like like but she's also laying seeds of doubt with vision yes because that's what her her role was there is to be like well is this like, I think she's she's scared of Wanda, but she kind of want to brings down the world around Wanda. And if you do that by you know, Wanda would never hurt Vision. So if you kind of turn mm-hmm. Vision against Wanda, then maybe that would be a good way to kind of tear it apart from the inside. Um, I did find this information. Uh, so okay. in Infinity War, um, Vision tells Wanda as Thanos is slowly approaching to get the Mind Stone. He says, "We are out of time," um, implying she has to destroy the stone. Uh, Monica Rambeau in WandaVision says there's not enough time for that when she's about to give birth and she's trying to not give birth or go to the hospital or something. Yeah. Vision also says, look at me, uh, specifically to Wanda. Uh, Monica mm-hmm. Rambeau says, you're doing great. Look at me. Uh, Wanda says, I can't in both of these. Uh, Vision says, you can. And then um, Geraldine also says, you can do this. So it was very close to that exact conversation that they had and the internet picked up on that. So I, I think there's definitely like a lot of, cause Wanda knows that it's, or she's kind of creating her own universe, but the outside universe is definitely influencing her thoughts. And she remembers what she's running from, which is why she threw Monica out at the end of the episode. Cause she was kind of narrowing in. <clears throat> it, it's interesting how, Wanda's character has been, um, I don't know, like her position within the MCU because she is incredibly powerful, yes. but she's also kind of unstable. Like she causes the most collateral damage. Yeah. Um, did you, did you get sets her up perfectly for this role where she's kind of like, again, in this villain hero thing, like, is, is she still a hero? Is she being a villain right now? Well, obviously she's doing it out of love. So uh, as the audience, we're not like, terribly upset with her but it's not unreasonable for like the guy who's who's the main bad guy in episode five yeah the, um like the agency head yeah like she is like a a kind of terrifying force right now yeah. you're it, there's some justification of being wary of her though at the same time he's an idiot because <laughs> he's like he's he, he tries to shoot her with a missile right after what's her name had mentioned like the uh, geraldine character yeah the had Mark mentioned Rambo. that she was the closest to fighting um 
Thanos, like in strength, yes. like solo. Yes. It's like, and so then that same idiot after being like, oh yeah, she nearly handled Thanos one-on-one. Maybe I can just shoot her. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, you idiot? Like that doesn't make any sense. I had that exact same thought. I was just like, oh, oh geez, get a load of this guy. Yeah. He thinks he can hang with an Avenger. Did you pick up on that commercial, um, the fake commercial in today's episode? The Lagos uh, for whenever you accidentally make a mess. Ah, Lagos was where they were when she yeah. blew up the building. See, that I, I knew something was up with that. I but like I didn't piece it together. Yeah. I was like, what are they referencing here? Like this is something Yeah. Okay. Lagos. Um but anyway, more on episode three, because I mean, honestly, these past few episodes, four and five have been spectacular doozies. Three and you know, one, two and three were, were really good also, but they were they're different and See, yeah. and I, I'm probably the opposite. I like one, two, and three more. I, I bet, yeah. And it's, because, because I love the, uh, like, people are trapped in the concept of a TV show and are yeah. trying to figure out what the boundaries of it are. I mean, it's a classic Truman show. Yes. But added with superheroes and added with the fact that the person who is controlling the simulation is within the simulation itself. Yeah. Like, Truman show, like, there's the director who is outside of the bubble. But like, imagine if Truman was interacting with that guy, like, day-to-day, like he was his neighbor. That's <laughs> what, basically what this show is. And you are a big Truman Show fan. I guess so. I've never really thought of myself as a big Truman Show fan. But you I talked about it a lot in college and showed a lot of people that movie. <laughs> you, we actually called you Truman for a while just because you kept talking about the show. Well, and I did have that film crew following me around <laughs> Everywhere 24 you hours a day. Yeah. Everywhere you went. Um, and it would occasionally just pan over to the window so during at, private business. <laughs> at this point, um, I was trying to pick up on like Tommy and Billy because in the comics they have their children are Wiccan and Speed, and I don't know their mm. actual first names. Um, but maybe Wiccan and Speed. Wiccan and Speed. They are interesting. They are X Men, which is actually um, I don't know if you. Uh, maybe we should save this for episode five, but the did you get the significance of who showed up uh, at the end of episode five today? Well, I got that it was Pietrov, her brother. Quick it, man. But uh, I guess we can talk about this now. The quickster. I'm, I'm the quickster. Quicksilver himself. Um, I'm just very excited about this Easter or this this tidbit. And I'm... S- baffled much like the end of epi- every episode after three i'm like where are they going with this i cannot wait to find out yeah um after like when monica gets ejected from westview and all the the army vehicles circle well, up that was so interesting because before this i figured it was some sort of dimensional thing but it like that that was the moment where it's like oh this is taking place in the world like like yeah. this isn't this isn't in some sort of alternate reality. This is just happening on Earth. Yeah, I did think she was kind of in a lab at some somewhere. I knew she was like on Earth, but I thought it was kind of all in her head, and she had just yeah. Well, of... I, it, even that that means it's not like physically yeah. present on the Earth. It would have been yeah. internal, yeah. which I thought was also a possibility. But yeah, that, that it's an actual location, and that the changes are happening via like the force field that she's created unintentionally. Yeah, I I mean I think it's semi intentional. But it's um, become intentional once she was aware of it. But like it was almost yeah. like she was in a fugue state or something when she was creating it. At least that's the impression that was given off in episode five was that she didn't intentionally construct it, but became aware of it as yeah. once it was constructed. Yes. And just kind of wants to live in ignorant bliss. 
anyway, um, the stranger who shows up, and this is this is so interesting for the future of the MCU. The person who shows up at the door is Evan Peters, I believe his name is. He plays Quicksilver in the X-Men universe, in Fox's X-Men oh. movies, which is very interesting. Huh. But like even even the um, show itself lampshaded the fact that it was a recast of her brother. Yes, but so do you think they're going to use that to actually bring in the X Men? How? Why else would they cast that specific actor? The only crossover character in the two franchises, the X Men and the MCU. There's only one character that overlaps because, like in some lore, he's a mutant and. Disney can't use mutants or couldn't before they bought 20th Century Fox, and now they wow. can. So the only one hero that overlaps both, and they cast that exact actor to play. Quicksilver. Well, I mean, at the very least, they're, of course, referencing him yeah. as the other character. And, like, look, we can do this just for fun. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, that the implications of that are very interesting. And, of course, I didn't pick up on that at all because I've never seen any This is of why movies. I'm telling you we got to watch all these X-Men movies. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> Aren't, don't you think you're going to miss out on, like, all these fun nods? Eh, I, I don't need that many nods. <laughs> I guess you've seen... Lo- Have you seen any of the X-Men movies other than Logan, like, as a child? Like, uh, no. None of them. Uh, I mean, I remember watching a cartoon at some point. Okay. You watched Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 as a child. Mm-hmm. And Blade 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> as an adult, as a, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not as a child, for sure. And you didn't watch any X-Men movies? No. I don't oh, really... Man. I mean, I watched the Fantastic Four. Do you, I know that's not the X-Men, but... But X-Men are so much better than both, in my opinion. The original X-Men trilogy... I mean, the third one kind of sucks, but I think X-1 and 2 are better than the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Hmm. So if you yeah, like I those, don't know why I didn't like the X-Men. I mean, it could just be I was never really exposed to them, so I never like developed an affinity for that's them. That's what I'm trying to expose you to. And yeah. like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart as like old rivals, like that's just on its own. Wouldn't you want to watch that if they were doing a one act play together, even if they weren't mutants? I would rather watch the thing where they're not mutants and it's a one act play and it's just the two of them like going at it head to head. I mean, they do play a lot of chess in the movies. Well, I like chess. I know. I that feel is like undeniable. This, I'm, I'm a very Patrick Stewart type. You're Magneto. Uh, you're constantly being like, let's... Interesting, I'm Magneto in this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I'm Professor X, you know, father of all Marvel characters, MCU. Uh, mm. And you are Magneto, who wants to kill all of the humans because mutant kind, it's their time to take over. Okay, so I'm a little bit of a Hitler in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Magneto's character did live through the Holocaust, and that's why he wants to do the same thing to humans or one of the reasons mm. he had a rough upbringing a cycle of abuse this is all stuff you would have learned if we watched the x-men movies i'm yeah. you know or i can hold your hand through all these references it's up to you hold my hand please <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway um, so that was pietroff uh quicksilver who is from the fox x-men universe of quicksilver yes very interesting implications of that that I totally didn't pick up on the time. I, I thought they were just like, I was just like, oh, that's not the same actor. And then they said, oh, look, this you recast your brother. And I yeah. was like, yeah, they did recast him. I've never seen this man in my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, he's he's also in the movie Kick-Ass. Like, he's in other stuff as an actor. Have you seen mm. his his other work? Anything Not that I in? know of. Mm. I don't... Interesting. But I, I might have seen Kick-Ass at some point. I can't remember Kick-Ass is if great. that was something recommended that I was supposed to watch at some point by someone. But I do really love Kick-Ass. Um, I don't think I've seen it. So, episode three, what what were you thinking at the end of this episode? Episode three? Episode so, three. Again, like, I kind of already said it, but like the main thing I was taking away from it was like, oh, this is on Earth. We're uh-huh. just, like, okay. on Earth somewhere, and this is, like, there's... There's some sort of field. I didn't know if that field was created by the people, like, they're observing it. Like, they could have put up a protective wall, mm-hmm. you know, to defend against whatever yeah. she was whatever doing inside. So I didn't know which direction the wall was working at that point. But now it's pretty clear that it's Wanda's wall. Yeah. So, um, um and then episode four. Four, unless you have any other notes. No, no, we're good to go to episode three. four. Yeah, because, I mean, three was just kind of more of the same. Not that it wasn't great, obviously. Um, oh, and the commercials. Uh, the the commercial for episode three was a Hydra soak bath powder, mm-hmm. which, you know, just a reference to Hydra, I guess. Yeah, that one wasn't very subtle. That was not. <laughs> unless there's some underlying, like, other reference that I was missing. Like, it ah. just seemed like... Like it's Hydra. Yeah, I didn't piece anything together. Um also before I forget, did you notice like I didn't know what the deal was um with Monica Rambeau about to sneeze? Oh mm-hmm. boy. As soon as I Here say it, it I don't have to. Oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> anyway, the thing about Monica Rambo who is about to sneeze. <laughs> um Monica Rambo, like they mentioned Captain Marvel uh, mm-hmm. and she like looked away like she wasn't like she didn't want to talk about captain marvel well that was episode five i thought we were talking about episode four we were but i well, i didn't want to forget that yeah. point but if no, you won't forget then we can come I back i did to notice it. that she was definitely very avoidant deliberately about talking about captain marvel why i didn't i didn't understand maybe why. she feels abandoned by her and and the fact uh. that like her mom died in the meantime and she didn't oh, get that and closure and some back. like did did her mother get that closure like who knows so you're did thinking, she visit? Did she also abandon her mother? Maybe she feels like her mother could have done something to help her mom. I don't know. So you think they're setting up future turmoil between Monica Rambo? And yes, Captain Marvel. I, I think I think it's definitely saying like there is she has some bone to pick with Captain Marvel about the mm-hmm. way Captain Marvel left things with her. Interesting, because they left Captain Marvel that the end of that movie so happy. Yeah. We got to we got to talk about now the snap thing because that I feel like is yes. a natural transition. Oh, the beginning of season my god! Four. So that's the first time we've ever seen any sequence like that of like the direct people coming back into existence. Uh, Spider Man Far From Home. But didn't we just see once everyone was back? Or did it well, show people? No, no, really... no. It it showed it showed like there was footage of like because there was the morning news schedule or the stu- school mm. news or whatever. They were filming a pep rally and the whole marching band like popped back all at once. Okay, and I just like don't everyone that. in the stands. Yeah, it, I, I mean this like, this was more for sure chaotic like, though, and it was more face. like um, it it was doing that thing. It was almost doing like a, a borderline uh, Saving Private Ryan thing, where you're like following a person through chaos and yeah. everything around them is going nuts. Yeah, it was kind of doing that with Monica Rambo. It was. I figure. didn't even piece together what was happening until like she started talking about like everybody's coming back, and then I was like, oh, yeah. that's what they're referencing. 
Yeah. Um, well, and, just, and just what a cool thing to do, uh, which is like have her mother die in their intervening five years. Yeah. Where she's unaware. Like that's just like a very complicated set of emotions that she has to digest like immediately. Definitely. Uh, and just like also for, you know, the snap would have been weird, but for them to come back like in the hospital, mm -hmm. like, like already like that is a chaotic atmosphere on a daily basis. And now you have all these people just randomly spawning like in hospital yeah. beds and stuff. That was just such a cool sequence. And well, and I, I think that maybe that was the thing that I thought made it was the first time I was seeing it is like, I'd never imagined how chaotic it would be. Everyone reappearing at once. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I just didn't get that impression seeing that, however it was portrayed in Spider-Man. But this was really like, wow, this is like a sudden, very jarring event, especially yeah. at certain places. Like, yeah. Also, what about people? <laughs> I people, just had this thought. What about people, people in airplanes? Are, airplanes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's been on the internet, like what happens with people in airplanes. But I'm thinking, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping <laughs> that uh, they spawn on the airplane wherever it is, like whether and mm. not just in the air. Well, because that would make sense, because it doesn't make sense that they'd reappear on Earth, because Earth is not where it was when they were gone. Sure. Earth is, you know, traveling through space, which is on the arm of a galaxy, which in the galaxy itself is moving. What if everybody if, if spawned back spinning. into space? <laughs> I mean, just... that's where they would have spawned if they spawned into the exact same location. But even then, it's like same location relative to what? There's no point from which you could measure where the Earth was. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Glad you're picking all this apart. I so the intro to this episode four was by far the best thing I personally have seen from this show so far. I was mm -hmm. so infatuated with that how it tied into the rest of the MCU, and also mm -hmm. Monica Rambo was a great character because we hadn't seen her. I almost wish because I knew immediately that Geraldine was Monica Rambo, but I could tell that they were hiding it from the viewers. Right. Like people like me and you who aren't talking about this stuff 16 months out, like she will replay, reprise her role because we haven't seen her since she was a kid. Nobody would have pieced together mm -hmm. that it was her unless they were told so. Yeah. So that would have been a fun surprise to because yeah, you also heard her thinking why... about Captain Marvel. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't love... know why they wouldn't have done that because I, I guess I knew through you, I wouldn't have known maybe. Yeah. But also that she's a recognizable actress, so you're just like, well, she's probably someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, but I mean, I guess I don't know who Agnes is and stuff like that. But also, That's true. Um, Jimmy Woo and Darcy coming back. What I love, mm -hmm. he he flashed his his card or whatever, like he's been practicing his magic since Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, but they you, they. This is a very. They, they were very resourceful in bringing characters into this that without, uh, like, because it had been easy just to create characters for the roles, but instead of actually doing that, they can just bring in these other people from these different franchises. It's like, why get rid of them? Use yeah. the people that the people are already attached to. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, that, then, and I was like, like, I don't know if I would have thought to do that if I was writing it. Like, I would have, I mean, I guess, like, they, they kind of established that with S.H.I.E.L.D. and, like, Agent Coulson. Like they've yeah. kind of done this connective tissue before, so maybe it's a natural thing to have done. But like Kat Dennings, like 
I mean, people want... I, I think Kevin Feige's just always pushing for this. So I think a person like you could have written this and then Kevin Feige's like, you need to use these three characters. I don't care how you do it. But or he could just out. be like, use characters that exist. Like make a... Yeah. Like you have a scientist. Use one of our scientists. Like, yeah. And it's like... You oh, have well, so many scientists. Don't make a new one. We don't need more scientists. Yeah. Use one, you play with the toys you have before you You know what you they probably do is they probably just have a bag of action figures, even of all the side characters, and they just shake it up. <laughs> They have a scientist bag, they have a, an agent bag, and you pick one of each. <laughs> I mean, I was very surprised when I heard this casting, and, like, old Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel would be a main character. Mm -hmm. um, and Jimmy Woo, I guess that makes sense. Um, I talk for, like, ten seconds, I need to plug in my laptop to charge it. Okay, well, it's just me and you, uh, listeners. And we're going to talk about the Who some more. Because I bet you were thinking, like, ah, oh, I really want to hear more about The Who. And what I've got to say is that in Tommy, there's a song, I'm Free. And on the album, I do not like that song at all. But in the movie, it's fantastic. Okay, back to you, Cade. And we're back. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, I hope you kids were had fun with Uncle Jordan for that 10-second period. <laughs> um, also, I, I, I heard you just, uh, the last thing I heard you say was song. Um, yeah. But... Daydream Believer at the end of episode three. How yeah. perfect was that? That was very good. I was good. very, I mean, I'm always happy to hear a monkey song. But for it to be used in that context. Yeah. Like mm. she believes in her own thing. Yeah. Like yeah. She no, has Daydream her, Believer. <laughs> I didn't know if you got it. <laughs> I wanted to. Because she's homecoming queen? <laughs> now who's um, Sleepy Jean? That's the real question. Yeah. I bet it's Agnes. She's Sleepy Jean. Probably. Mm. Um, yeah, I listened to that song for like three days straight after, yeah. <laughs> after that episode, just cause I was so like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so episode four, I like, I, I mean, did you miss Darcy? You haven't seen her since Thor Dark World? Oh uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was a, she's got some spunk too. She's an interesting character. Like, cause she's, uh, she does not fit the other uh, like the big government type of like organization that is around her. Yeah. I guess. So what are that? What are they called now? They're this sword. organization. Yeah. What is sword? I, I don't know what this organization is. Is this like a post shield thing? Yes. It's post shield in the comic books. It's basically human, a human division that instead of, you know, the Avengers who after mm -hmm. the Sokovia Accords became unreliable, um, they started this organization to kind of monitor people who are super po uh, powerful and potentially threatening to mankind. Okay, so Sword is like uh, antagonistic to. Is Shield still extant? I think Shield Shield Shield's done. I think after okay. Winter Soldier, like they blew up. Like, right, they were done with Shield. Okay, that was my impression. Even um, though, like, the show Agents of Shield went on for several seasons after that show, so I'm curious. But um, in Far from home, when Samuel L. Jackson is in space, that space station is a sword station. Okay. And I'm assuming, I mean, sword already feels, like at least in this show, antagonistic to the yes. Avengers. Like it views them oh, much definitely. more suspiciously. Yeah. And um, I think that will become a big thing moving forward just because Civil yeah. War just launched a whole bunch of stuff. Like after they weren't part of the Sokovia Accords, like yeah. there was but anyway, going to be some trouble. Kat Dennings uh, doesn't really mesh with she or the sword. So mm -hmm. I think that's a good choice just because uh, 
like like we're saying, like you don't want to like Sword, so you don't want her to fit in with Sword. You want her to be kind of outside of it. And then Randall Park's character is the same way. It's like they're within it, but they're not in it. In it. Yeah, I no. also just pieced this together, uh, and I think this is interesting, and I it's for sure intentional. Like I don't think I'm discovering anything new. But Shield was more of like a defensive operation. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then sword and shield. <laughs> defense weapon, and then you get sword, which is like we're taking the initiative to stop the heroes before they can hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of deal. And I'm also curious. like the Pokemon games, Sword and Shield. <laughs> I will take your word for it. I don't know much about that canon. Yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, just all of episode four was so spectacular. Um. And then the commercial for I don't there wasn't a commercial for episode four. We didn't really have any Wanda or Vision there, but it was cool to no. kind of see like what's going on outside as it's happening on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I am con- curious why it's like in sitcoms sitcom form. Like why I'm wondering like is a child like when she was her and Pietrov were like you know yeah anchored in their their exploding apartment or whatever were they like watching t- American yeah. TV. I wonder if they mentioned that at any point, like in her introduction to the universe. Not that I can recall, but they we grew up on American um, television. Uh, oh, wow. I just immediately lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> you had a brain sneeze. Hmm. I'm going to have to edit that. That, no, that, that no, was no, such no, a no. bad lapse you, of just talking. You sound, you sound very articulate right now. I will go back to explaining how a sword is an offensive weapon and a shield is a defensive weapon. And I think that'll, you know, kind of put the fans at ease. And there okay, you have we, it. Let's, oh, I was going to say Wanda, when she came out of the bubble, had her mm-hmm. accent again. Because I'd been yeah. wondering, why does she not have her accent in the bubble? But that's just not uh-huh. part of the fantasy. Part of the fantasy of being on an American TV show is to have an American accent, I guess. <laughs> she like it's, it's part part and parcel. Yeah. I'm, I guess, I mean, everyone fantasizes about having an American accent. Well, not like like she's aspirationally like if only I had an American accent. <laughs> I just think that's like, part of her dream. It's just no, it's part of the TV gimmick. Like you can't have, you know, her natural accent. Like she has to sound like an American TV character. I don't know. I think that's part of her dream, mm. personally. But you know, uh, yeah, I thought that was an me. interesting twist. Just like. Like, because I had been wondering about that in the back of my mind. So I was like, where did her accent go? Is she just doing an American accent? Like, what's going on with that? I mean, so I, I was. I love Lucy didn't have a European um, accent. Oh, also, there some Easter eggs I looked up in the first one where they do the Sokovian greeting or whatever. Yeah. That's what she does to Tony Stark at the beginning of Age of Ultron. Oh. She, like, covers his eyes to kind of make him envision um, all of everyone dying. Huh. So there are a whole bunch of like fun Easter eggs like that. Yeah, I want to see the MCU is definitely uh, milking their backstory constantly to put uh, more Easter eggs into their films. Boy, that's do like, I love it though! It's just a good way to generate online discussion post film. Like, because because uh, even if the movie itself is bad or whatever, as long as you have a bunch of good Easter eggs in it, that means people are going to talk about your movie for like several weeks. Yeah. I, and and luckily, this, of course, this media, I, I'm just going to say my opinion. These last three episodes have been great. I've been incredibly yeah. engaged. Like, I love the sitcom stuff, but even, like, taking off the veil is just like, I mean, it's the classic kind of movie magic trick. It's like, you yeah. know, you're setting up some mystery and then they sh- they t- take off a little bit so yep. you can 
you know, like they unveil it so you can get a little bit caught up, but you still don't. I mean, we still don't know why Wanda's doing this. We don't know the motivation questions, but now we know the mechanism of it. Yep. And it was cool in episode five where they showed her breaking into that sword headquarters and stealing Vision's corpse. Mm-hmm. Like that was pretty interesting. Well, and that shot of Vision's corpse in episode four was yeah. kind of haunting where it's just like that gray husk. Yeah. And it's also this this whole show is rated PG, which is mm. the first MCU content to go PG, hmm. which I think I is feel like that's all uh, like, I guess it's PG just because it didn't rise to PG-13. Like, I assume that wasn't a decision because they're like, oh, we want kids to watch this because I feel I th- like kids would be like, what's even happening? I think, well, they wanted it to kind of be a unique show. So I would totally think that that would be an intentional move on their part. Like mm. you could you could convince me of that. Well, but I also just don't think there's any reason for this to be PG-13. Like, I guess no. to be more violent or something, but they don't need to be more violent than they are. Well, I think also her powers are very, like, you know, you're, it's different than the Winter Soldier shooting a guy. Like, yeah. Wanda's just, like, throwing people yeah, with magic. Yeah, there's no guns. Yeah, no guns. Whereas no bleeding. Falcon Winter Soldier will probably be PG-13. But I was also talking to other people about this show, and I wouldn't mind, now that we've had Avengers Endgame, we've had the big, fantastic blowout, and we will get a more Avengers movies eventually, but I would totally would not mind if, like, the next three years we just got, like, weekly movies, or weekly shows like this, kind of, like, 30-minute increments of what everyone in the MCU is kind of getting up to. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting tool to have in their arsenal because it's a different type of storytelling. Like you can tell a very differently sized story. Like we could have yes. an entire thing that is almost just like a, uh, like, I mean, the, the kernel of this is like the romantic story of Wanda and Vision. It's yep. obviously dressed up in all this other, you know, MCU contrivances. But like mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a show about her grief of her lost love. Yes. And that's like, that's a very, uh, I don't know, like you almost need a little bit more time to explore that. I mean, you could do that in a movie too, but like, like this story just wouldn't fit in two hours. Like we've watched, I don't know how long it's been into it now, like over three hours or something. I think the whole thing is going to be like 340 minutes total. Okay. Yeah. Which is an yeah, awkward length, like, cause that's less than two movies, but more than a single movie could fit. Oh, it's, I mean, that's like, no, no it's more than two life. movies, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a lot. <laughs> it's like three movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, that's definitely three regular-sized movies, for sure. Um, also, they never mentioned that... She, or they mentioned in episode five today that she's never been referred to as Scarlet Witch, which I thought was yes. interesting. That Like, is that going to be, like... Is this how she gets the name? Like I, I never piece, I never thought about that. Like we've just been calling her Scarlet well, Witch, and it's funny because uh, the hex, hex is obviously a reference to a witch yes. doing a hex. To, yep. So they're setting up for that to become her name, and that yep. could be a shield thing because shield wants to like publicly smear her. So it's mm-hmm. like now to make her scary, she's the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> like it sounds like more of a villain name than a hero name to begin with. That's true, and I mean because I think they also because in the comics she. Doctor Strange has to stop her in the comics because she is endangering like people's lives by doing this exact thing, which is why I think um, Elizabeth Olsen has referenced that there will be... Did you catch up on Mandalorian? Have you watched any of it? No, no. Can I spoil a cameo for you? Or sure. Or do you plan on watching it? Probably not. Okay. At the end of season two, Luke Skywalker shows up, and it's... Oh, I've heard I, about that. 
IMDb lost their fucking minds. Like it's a 9.8 episode rating, which is wow. on par with the Red Wedding. Yeah. And and it hasn't gone down since, which usually a lot of these episodes. And another thing about this show, like at first fans were not have like the hardcore fans like us, we were into it, but like the casual Marvel fans were just like where's the action? Like why is this only 20 minutes? I don't want to <laughs> wait. I waited like so long for this and that's a little frustrating. So, like, I guess just all the, like, fanboys who are, like, petitioning for the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, like, mm-hmm. they're just unamused with yeah, this I'm completely, show style. Yeah, I'm completely disconnected from that internet community, so I have not seen any of that. Like, uh, You're I, like I'm just proud. not plugged into Marvel general internet stuff. Like, so I, I haven't been seeing any of these Easter eggs or any of, like, the overlying discussion of this show the only discussion i've had of this show has been with you on this podcast <laughs> oh man don't you call your mom once a week to talk about this show oh yeah well of course my mom but okay you and my and mom I, that's the only two i i assume that she's wired into the universe Mm-hmm. well she likes uh, old sitcoms so she's like i'll do it for that and then you know <laughs> broke out of the wall and she's like get out of here superheroes <laughs> more like super zeros and i was like wow language watch out <laughs> also uh the dog sparky i didn't like that was interesting and the dog died like yeah. what was the deal with that well there's there's a cardiac song called dog like sparky which isn't particularly referencing anything but it's a song i really like it's a very strange song so you think they did this for you <laughs> yeah i think they're like oh you know what we need to put in here a cardiac reference <laughs> people are gonna love that so I'm looking up Easter eggs, and apparently uh, they're, they do have a green dog in the comics named Sparky who also mm-hmm. dies. Yeah, I feel like that Sparky's seems... also just a common dog name. Like, it's kind of like Buddy. Yeah. Um, Wanda, okay, so Wanda's Hex we talked about. Um, Carol and Wanda are the only two Avengers aside from Vision to be directly empowered by Infinity Stones. Um, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. So that, yeah, that's why they're so powerful. Um, Carol just had the benefit of being a Kree hybrid, which made her even more powerful. Mm. I did not piece together. Uh, Do you think so? Like before this, like uh, like at the time of Civil War or something, the most powerful yeah. Avenger was Thor, and now yes. it's definitely Captain Marvel. But actually, cool. even in Civil War think... or something, because he wasn't in that one, but. No. Uh, Scarlet Witch, I guess, was also arguably the biggest. Like, I don't know who would win in a fight between Thor and Scarlet Witch. I think Scarlet Witch, because she was young then and still kind of in training, but I think she's stronger. Like, I think she's one of the strongest ones. Like, and also they mention... Like, like, fighting Thanos, yeah, she was the only one that could have, like, maybe taken him one-on-one. And in Endgame, I didn't piece this together, but in Endgame, when she's, like, stripping off Thanos' armor, and yeah. she's like, you took everything from me. He's like, mm. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Um, he, sh- apparently, the internet said uh, she used her mind control, like she did on Tony Stark, to cause fear in Thanos, and that's when he called the ships to destroy, to rain down fire on everyone in the field, even though his generals were like, you're gonna kill all our troops. He's like, just do it. I yeah. thought he was just doing that, like, as a strategy but mm. apparently she influenced him to do that decision mm. which well, not, another thing is that together. like uh she she didn't uh like trick him into being afraid but her power scared him into doing that like she is so terrifying that screw it we're just gonna do the whole battle yeah 
Yeah. Which is a different thing of... than like mind controlling him to artificially be afraid. Yeah. I, that's, I, that's what I originally thought, but because, because even now, like all the characters who are being mind controlled, like when they snapped out of it, like that yeah. one character, that... he was like actively terrified of the fact that he was mind controlled. So... Like it like pushes your soul out of your body or something almost. What do you think about like now that vision knows that something's up and he can like, he has the power to snap people out of it. Like, how do you think that's going to come into play? Well, see, so I, I was thinking like in the first two episodes, like it felt like vision was a little bit picking at the fabric. Like, wait, what's this? Like, like occasionally he would have those moments of just like, wait, but what's going on? Um, and of course now that's kicked way higher and it's way more explicit that that's happening. Um, Mm. And we also know that Vision is one of the uh, most objectively morally righteous characters in the MCU because of the way like he can just pick up Mjolnir and like all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like he he doesn't have he's not bound by like these kind of human fallibilities nope. that a lot of the other characters are bound by. Um, he's a pretty strong guy. So I don't, I don't know like like he's even even with his love of wanda like if, if she's doing something that's wrong as we saw like the end of the episode five is like he was getting like angry with her because she's just doing something that is morally unjust and i think yeah. just as the way his character is he couldn't possibly stand for that even yeah when it's wanda yeah because he is a very factual kind of let's look at the data kind of guy um so i mixed with like we, kinda... he can't do evil did you also notice that yeah no he can't do evil because he's worthy He's worthy of Milnor. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also pick up on like the fact that the kids, like none of her tricks work on the kids at all? Like she tried to put them to sleep, like as babies, and they didn't fall asleep. Well, and then they yeah. also asked, like, why? Or Vision asked, why are there are no other kids in the town. So do you think yeah. that's because Wanda did, felt bad mind controlling children, or maybe she just can't mind control any children? Oh, that's interesting. I did not think of that. I figured because. Um, uh, Monica Rambeau was making the argument to Captain Dickhead or whatever the fucking idiot who thought yeah. blowing up Wanda was a good idea. Maybe I can just blow her up. <laughs> with an 80s drone. Like he would have had a better chance with an actual sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what... How do these people get to their ranks? I feel like that's going to be a big part of like this next phase because they're also speculating in falcon and winter soldier that this same organization or people alongside this organization are going to basically choose who is involved defending the earth kind of deal like choose its heroes Mm -hmm. and they don't believe that falcon is going to make a good captain america Mm. probably because he didn't follow the sokovia accords um neither did captain america (laughs) (laughs) exactly but that's why they are casting like there's a person who the government picks to be Captain America in this show, I believe. Mm. So I think there's just going to be a whole bunch of frustration, like, oh, he's doing such a bad job of being Captain America, mm. um, kind of deal. And I think that's much like this idiot who managed to get to the top of the rank somehow. And you know, Thunderbolt Ross, he's also one of those guys who just mm-hmm. like he's an idiot, made it to the top. Um, but that is that's going to be an interesting, more more uh, interesting convention uh, or a take on villains for sure moving forward. That they're going to just kind of luck into the hero role. Um, so yeah, when she came, I guess we talked about already when she came out of the portal and talked in her accent. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, of the other big milestones we need to hit. We've talked about Agnes being kind of yeah meta aware. Yeah, and she hasn't been refer or like they haven't explained who she is. Sword hasn't figured out who she is. Yeah, she's a good mystery. We talked about the final thing, the Pietrov thing. Yeah, we've hit most of the big moments from the last three. What an ending to this episode! Because I like was expecting as soon as I saw the back of his head, I was like, "Oh, that's going to be you know her brother. Like that's going to be Quicksilver." And then they pick none other than the X Men Quicksilver. What? Oh. That's that. That has to be more than like a creative nod. Like they are intentionally yeah. doing that. Yeah, it would almost be too big of a thing to just do. Like I think it would be frustrating for fans if it was merely a oh, creative yeah. nod. And yeah. I think they would know that. So I doubt that's what's happening. So yeah, it's got to be some sort of incorporation. It's like maybe some sign of the reality. Like maybe she's she maybe she is like you know merging two realities a little bit in this. TV show universe, like wherever she pulled the, him from, like she like manifested him into being from an adjacent world where he's alive. Yeah. A different version I, of her brother. Well, and the other thing about these X-Men movies is they start off really strong and then they did like a young X-Men kind of deal to kind of, cause they only have one set of characters to deal with and mm-hmm. they made a lot of movies with those characters, and I am impressed, like how many of them are actually good. There, don't get me wrong; there are some really bad ones. Yeah. But so, does this mean those are going to be canonical? That's what. That's my question. Yeah. Quicksilver, well, like, has been in some duds, but he's also in some of the best X Men movies. And then his character, like, it just kind of peters out, and it doesn't really like turn into something that's like, like I wouldn't want to see a lot of these X Men at the end of their franchise because they were written into the ground and horrible events happened and it just yeah. was not yeah no it's a danger of of like poisoning the well a little bit by bringing yeah. like in a bunch of crappy stories that the audience isn't aware of yes so like story like so bringing matt murdoch daredevil charlie cox into spider-man 3 i'm excited because all three of those tv show seasons were great the fans loved them mm-hmm. uh critics loved them like that's going to be fine. Like bringing him into the universe. And they even talk about the Avengers in that show. I think that is going to be so easy to do. But something like X-Men where the Avengers have not existed in their entire run and stuff like that. And there's really like good scenes and sequences where there are times in the franchise where we want these X-Men to meet up with Avengers. And then there's times later where also like a lot of them die and just like what, where... They could Where's choose the if this is like some sort of reality merging thing, though, they could choose where in the X-Men timeline they wanted a merge to happen or whatever, like where this person is being plucked from. I guess. But are you going to pick like Quicksilver from 2014 and then pick Wolverine from like 2017? Like, how's that going to work? I'm, yeah. I I have so many questions. Well, and is Wolverine, you think he's going to be in it? Like, what's his name? Hugh Jackman? I think... Hugh Jackman, he says the only way he would come back is if he's in an MCU movie as Wolverine. I don't think he would do a full one. I think they will recast Wolverine at some point. Especially since Logan was just such a perfect ending to his franchise. Like, Mm -hmm. that would, oh yeah, that would be like, bringing him back after that would just be, unless that's, unless they do it like creatively, I don't know. Also, Deadpool is apparently like, they're going to bring him back in some Marvel property pretty soon. Mm. And they're also making a Deadpool three under the, that's part of the MCU and it will be rated R. 
Interesting. That is also like a, a interesting poke at their brand just because they have not been uh, eager been, to do that. No, like have an R rated movie. That's very off. And now, I mean, what does that mean for the future? Like, can are we going to get more R-rated MCU movies? Like now that Deadpool is I kind of, I, I hope we don't. I, I like the, uh, like this is, even the MCU is like PG-13 or whatever. Like these are kind of movies for like 10 to 15 year olds. Like yeah. they obviously have appeal beyond that. But I feel like that is like. <laughs> Part of their core demographic is like this action figure demographic. It keeps them light and fun, and you can you can play with like some more serious themes here and there. Um, yeah. But it always kind of has this core of lightness, uh, mm-hmm. like light, like thematically. Yes. Which I kind of like, yeah. like because these movies are pure escapism, and I don't think they need to like. I mean, and Deadpool is too. So like, it it's R rated stuff isn't anything to do with like heavier themes but i just i don't think the mcu yeah. really needs to move in a more adult direction i don't think that adds value like like i feel like the dc stuff tries to be heavier and it always yeah. just comes off as cumbersome because at the end of the day superheroes are a pretty silly concept like they're in <laughs> costumes they're running around they're like i don't know it's, it's like a, a fantasy of power that like i could be this person and have control over how the world happens like it's like yeah. a power fantasy I think that needs to stay in a kind of silly place or else it just starts to feel ridiculous. And I think that's DC's problem a lot of the time. I would be okay with one every year or so. Like, just, I mean, I would agree that the majority of them need to say PG-13. But, like, Logan's one of my favorite superhero movies. If they could do something like that with... Well, that was mostly R, I feel like, because the violence, not because of any kind of thematic implications. And, like, even this show that we're watching now, WandaVision, it has heavier themes, like I was saying earlier, about, like, grief and love and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. you can can still have fun with that. Like, that can be part of it without being too much of it. Too overbearing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely... This show works. I don't know if we've said it before, but this show yeah. really does work. Yeah, so I guess we're doing two more Avengers at the table, right? Yes, correct. And also, we should before we do that, we should uh, talk about like predictions for the... We're only doing one more WandaVision episode, yes. so what do we think is going to happen between now and that episode we record? Well, I definitely don't think Wanda's evil, so I think there'll be something to kind of exonerate her a little bit. Maybe not in the eyes of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it'll exonerate her for the audience. Swords. Yes. They're sword now. Sword, yes. I also, I uh, started saying, but I got sidetracked. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen said there is a Luke Skywalker level cameo in this show. That's gonna Oh, so that was point. the point of that whole anecdote about... Yeah, correct. <laughs> okay. And, and we got very sidetracked. Yeah. Interesting. So I think it's Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because um, he's confirmed to, I, to be in it. But at that, that point... Or is he not? He, it was posted on like some British website. These are just all the, the shady things I follow where like 70% of my predictions are correct. I think he's definitely going to be in it at some point just because he has to kind of, I mean, this leads directly into Doctor Strange 2 theoretically mm-hmm. or uh, around like, which is also interesting what this says about that movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I do believe he will be in it. I do think my source is reliable on that one. Quicksilver, like the real Quicksilver, they're sa- uh, the same source who said Doctor Strange was in it also told me that that actor would play Quicksilver in this, oh. which there's still a chance for that to happen. Yeah. But 
it would or at be least for him to appear in a flashback or something as himself yeah yeah or maybe they'll do some uh, sort of weird thing like a multiverse thing where they have this this actor and he like splits and he's like the old version and the new version and there's some sort of like like reconciling of these two realities that Wanda has inadvertently created in her manic yeah. episode. Uh, I'm confident the cameo will be Doctor Strange. I all, a lot of people on the internet are also saying Thanos because that would be very surprising, and he was the one who killed Vision in the first place. So she kind of has like I don't know if it's a flashback or so, reliving that scenario where she finally accepts Vision is dead kind mm. of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a fun theory. That would be so cool if that happened. Uh, I don't know if I put any. Would you be mad if it was Tony Stark? I because it is too early. Like you can't already go back to yeah, the Tony no. Stark. World. I mean, but see, the thing is, when for her to say, and not that I'm saying she's a big Star Wars fan. Like I think that she's just saying, but he is. There's the going to be a big cameo. Like Tony Stark is the Luke Skywalker of the franchise. Yeah, or, or like so any, Captain America. It's one like one of those two is the it would, big. It would have to be. Yeah, but I can't. I I wouldn't think that they could do Tony or Cap in this like well. Hmm. Like, just why would that happen? Kind of deal. Like, yeah, Captain America's like, and he's going to be featured in other stuff just with you know time travel, and he's returning all those stones back. Like so, that could be interesting. But you know what I want? Uh, what do you want? A uh, a Captain America movie where now mm. it's he's back in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. With his with what's her name? Peggy and Carter. he just needs a job, and he starts working on the police force, and he's a detective, and so he's still got like his super strength, but mm. he's just like he's he has to hide it, and he's just like it's like a, just a noir show. Like where he's solving want, crimes. <laughs> you want a movie or a show like that? A show. Okay. <laughs> Just a couple I mean, of episodes of Gumshoe. Uh, <laughs> what's his last name? Gumshoe. Gumshoe uh, you talking about San Diego or Carmen San Diego? No. What's what's Captain America's last name? Rogers. Yes, Gumshoe Rogers. Gumshoe That's what it can be Rogers. called. And he's just he's just solving crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did pitch. It, like around the time we watched Spider-Man Homecoming for the first time, you mm-hmm. pitched like I want you wanted a comedy show with like Ned and Hannibal Burris and Michael Pena where they're just driving cross country <laughs> and just like some other funny people in the MCU. Yeah. And honestly, that has never been closer to being or more possible to be something that happens. Yeah. Like and we know Feige listens people. to this. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. Feige is a big fan. He consults us on a regular basis. He's like, well, okay, you're giving away too many hot tips that you're definitely right about all the time. <laughs> it's like, calm down, Feigster. I won't spoil anything too much. Yeah. Um, so what's your, like, give me two main predictions for the next four. Well, one, there, there'll be some sort of other villain just so Scarlet Witch isn't, like, the sole, like, she's not going to be evil. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, this isn't a prediction even, though, but, like, Vision's going to... There's going to be a, a fight between them, like a significant yep. fight, I think, at some point, which will be cool. I'm curious, and I have no prediction for this, what happens with the children? Like, are they going to yeah. grow to adults? Are they going to... Do they have powers? Are they going to, like, who knows what's happening with that? So I, I have no prediction, but I'm curious to see what happens with the kids. They did mention in this episode that the kids are real. Yes. Because, like, want to create... So they wouldn't... 
I because I was unsure if they would, or you know, they would disappear or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they are apparently real. Like she created them, which is also like, is Vision gonna stay alive at the end of this? Like, how is that gonna? Work? I think he can't. I think the end of the show has to be her letting go of Vision. I guess that'll be my other prediction. I, like, because it's like a grief I arc, agree. so she has to move on. Yeah. Um, but this gives them a chance I, to have lived together, and it also gives them a chance to explore these two characters, which, while being in the MCU, they've only ever been in the collective movies. They've never had their own story. So this gives them a chance to have had that own story. Like, like as we were talking about earlier, the runtime is basically a trilogy. So this is yeah. basically the Wanda and Vision solo story where they get to explore yes. their romance in more depth, and then it ends, I think, almost inevitably with her letting go. Yeah, I think that that's how it has to end. Um, Wiccan is like basically the same powers as uh, Wanda and that would be the long hair kid I imagine telekinesis yeah I mean it doesn't say oh no it's his name's Billy okay so yeah so these are the kids yeah Tommy Billy and Tommy Um, and then speed I assume is pretty fast yes (laughs) uh, he is fast what if he's only like kind of fast like he's he's fast for a guy. Like he's faster, like even than Usain Bolt, which is really fast. But it's also like you can't fight crimes with it. Yeah, <laughs> I am definitely curious. Uh, my prediction would be that I think, as I was mentioning earlier, with like the whole view of this next phase, is the government is going to be trusting heroes less and less. Mm-hmm. So I think Wanda is going to ultimately. I do think I agree that there will be some other evil force. And Wanda is going to ultimately save Westview from whatever menacing force mm-hmm. shows but up. But the sword's think gonna think it's her. And sword will blame her for whatever she does, even if she saves all those lives. Right. Yeah. And then she will be like public enemy number one, and then Doctor Strange will show up and be like, "We gotta fix this." Whatever she ends up doing. Yeah, I totally believe um, that she will be public enemy number one by the end of this, and that's where the Scarlet Witch name will come from. Oh, okay. I like that too. Um, and then my second prediction. Yeah, I I definitely think Vision and Wanda will have a big fight for sure. But yeah, I I don't really have anything aside from that that I can think of that I haven't already mentioned. All right. Well, I'm gonna put my two Avengers at the table. All right. And it's gonna. And I forgot. I forgot already what my two Avengers were. Did I put one in Vision? Yeah, you did. Okay. Cool. And I put. I, I don't put, I think you put Hawkeye. Hawkeye? You put someone strange there. Mm. See, that's why I'm just gonna pick two that I know I never would have picked. I'm the also gonna week. do that. I'm gonna do Tony <laughs> and Captain America. Because <laughs> okay. they're getting ready for their cameo, so they're at the table. But I am giving those two stars out of two stars again. Do you think this could be your first six? It might be. Like I just don't know where I'll give a half star. Like I don't nothing nothing in this deserved any docking, I felt like. Like any loss yeah. of points. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way, but I feel like a little wrong giving it a six. I mean, but we won't we will cross that bridge when we get yeah. to it. The thing I'm, is that I think might tarnish it for me is like I don't particularly like big actiony things. And I think the most action is yet to come. So yeah. we'll see. They're speculating the last three episodes or I think Paul Bettany said in an interview, like the last three episodes are basically like a standard Marvel movie, mm. which might be where we lose you. Right. But maybe you'll love that the most. Could be. We'll have to see. <laughs> Who's to Who's see? Who's your two? Uh, Who's to say? 
My Avengers are Doctor Strange and actually, you know what? I'm going to put Wiccan and Speed there as oh, a wow. welcome to the group. They're not Avengers yet. <laughs> so they're sitting down with their parents at the table. They're, they're sitting down they're with their parents. It's a family, family meal. Yeah. It's a family meal. I'm so excited. Who joins their family at the end of this when we put them all at the table? <laughs> um, so yeah, so far this is a four out of four for me. I think it could be a six. I The problem with giving it a six is I don't think... And I can't spoke, speak too soon because so far I've been very thoroughly impressed with everything that's happened. But I couldn't compare this to Avengers Endgame, could I? Right, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even a 5.75 would be very, very good. Yep. All right, well, I think that wraps it up for us. I've been Jordan I Peoples, so. and Marvel has <laughs> sucked. <laughs> oh, a dagger in my heart every time. <laughs> Uh, I guess we got to stay true to the brand. Okay, my name is Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't.